Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're going to love this show. You're going to hear real stories from real people on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So let's go. That's really what it it boils down to for me is this balance of how to be the type of mom that I want to be, how to be the type of professional that I want to be, how to be the type of wife that I want to be, how to be the type of human, friend, daughter, contributor to the world that I want to be. And it, it all takes intention and it all takes clarity and motivation to decide what it is that you want to do and how you're going to do it and, and then just start kind of chugging away at it. This is Jennifer Longworth, and today's Thoughtful Entrepreneur is Jasmine Tarani. Jasmine is a Columbia University-educated personal life expert and author of the book, Extraordinary Mommy, A Loving Guide to Mastering Life's Most Important Job. As a licensed mental health counselor in private practice for over a decade, not only is Jasmine a leader in her field, but a public speaker, world traveler, and most importantly, a mom. Welcome to the show, Jasmine. Thank you so much. You have an interesting backstory, especially your house growing up as a child. We need to tell our listener exactly the type of household you came from and how you got to where you are today. I grew up in a home that was far from ordinary. Uh, My friends would jokingly refer to it as Willy Wonka's factory. So (laughs) Very colorful then? It was very colorful. The mailbox was shaped like a big pink heart. The border around the house was purple. Every post on the walkway walking up to the front door was a different pastel color. Every cabinet in the kitchen was a different pastel color. And there were wall hangings of ice cream and hearts and illuminated signs of love with hot pink leather couches. And (laughs) it was just overflowing with warmth and fun and love and joy. It essentially was kind of the manifestation of my mom's inner space. She really believed in in leading from love and living from love. And this was her, some people, you know, they put up mezuzahs or pictures of Jesus or whatever to kind of remind them to, to be love. But she, she was into the tasteful decor of hearts and ice cream. It sounds like a box of candy conversation hearts from Valentine's Day, like threw up on your house. Yeah. Oh my God. Her favorite holiday. <laughs> it was, that was exactly, that was how it, I lived in a Valentine's Day house. It's probably better. <laughs> Sweet. Your mom must have been a pretty awesome person then. Yeah. So essentially she really, she really was an amazing human. And the way that she lived was really unique and and valuable, but it wasn't just kind of this happy, superficial essence. It was it was also really deep and really grounded and really open and vulnerable and raw and accepting. And you know, to be honest, of all of the humans that I've ever met from 60 countries of world travel, from 10 years of private practice, from all my friends, of all my family, of all the people that I've encountered, I've actually never met a mother who who parented with as much intention and consciousness and love and patience and openness and and clarity as she did so 
I, I really was blessed. I mean, my dad was there too, but he was, he was the sidekick. <laughs> she was the leader <laughs> of this environment. But I've never come across anyone who, who got parented in, in such a profoundly pure and beautiful way. And, and for a really long time, I kind of felt guilty about it or a little unworthy, realizing how unique it was and how beautiful it was and how I didn't do anything to earn it or deserve it. Like growing up, you felt that way or is an adult reflecting on it? Maybe not as a child child, but definitely into my teenage years. You know, I would, all my friends would come over and they would complain and my like, God and my parents, and that, you know, and then they would come over to our house. And there was always this reaction to my mother, which was like, whoa, she's so amazing. There was, she was mm. always, she's so beautiful. There was just this always profound reaction to her, her presence. It was like Dalai Lama meets the most beautiful human on the planet, like her outward beauty combined with her inward beauty combined with her love. It was just this kind of like unbelievable package of, of light that I, I got to have as my mom. So, you know, it's been an interesting journey coming from that place and, and feeling that kind of unworthiness because, you know, everything kind of, I had this beautiful bubble, you know, this little love bubble that I grew up in. And one day, actually, that, that love bubble popped. My mom was on her way to meet me for lunch. She was driving from the West Coast of Florida to come to the week for the weekend to meet me here in Miami. And she never arrived. So, you know, I was calling my dad. Have you heard from her? What's the deal? Where is she? And, um, and then I, I got that call. It was my, my dad. He was screaming, crying, foaming at the mouth. My, my wife is dead. My wife is dead. Take me with you. My wife is dead. And I mean, I, Every ounce of my body was in terror. I'm screaming, Dad, stop, pull over. I think he's going to kill himself. It was, he called, he found out when he was driving. So he's driving. He's like, I've never, you know, like terror filling every cell of my body. I don't know what to do. He's, I'm making him pull over. I'm four hours away. I have to call people to get to him. He's a mess. And, she was driving south on the highway and it uh, she lo- lost control of her car. The autopsy said nothing was wrong. The car report said nothing was wrong. There's no reason for it. But she lost control of her car, drove across an entire grass median. From So she was going south. It was kind of like a football field, huge grass median, wow. and got hit by oncoming unco- traffic. Oncoming traffic. And uh, that was it. So, I mean, and the story gets crazy. So I'll just back up to that moment. But, you know, I hung up with my dad. He, you know, I found people to go to him and I, you know, by myself. And at the time I lived on the ocean and I'm looking out the window and kind of the sun is kissing the waves. And I just hear her voice like in my essence whether it was her whether it was me but it was just this deep voice inside me saying it's it's okay you're gonna be okay and tears are pouring down my cheeks and I just hear you're the mommy now 
Did you have children at this point? Yeah, at that time I just had a, a one-year-old. So she, it was, ended up being the most traumatic, challenging day, year of my life. But the, you know, she, she died at mile marker 64 the week before her 65th birthday. So she was 64 years old. She died at mile marker 64 instantaneously. And I had had a surprise birthday party planned for her for the following weekend, her birthday. So we had 50 people planned to come on a cruise. We were going on a cruise together. She had no idea. And her birthday became her funeral and everyone was already booked to be there. Wow. Crazy, right? That's just the beginning. So I had the most painful year of my life. You know, we were renovating a house and dealing with my father and his devastation. You know, they were married for almost 40 years. And then my pain and my loss and a one-year-old and then a, a new pregnancy. And so then, you know, that day was about to arrive on the calendar, that anniversary of her death. And I woke up this, that morning and I told my husband, I think today is going to be the day. And he says, no way. And I go out and all of a sudden it started happening. I started having contractions. I called my dad from to start driving to, to from Sarasota to Miami. And I called the midwife and the doula. I went home because I, I had a home birth with both my do- my son and my daughter. And I went home and filled up the tub. And an hour later, I gave birth to my daughter on the actual anniversary of my mom's death. So do you feel like your mom was involved in that in some way? Um, I mean, I think in every way. And then we called my dad to tell him that the the baby had been born and he pulled over the car in disbelief because he was at mile marker 64 when he found out that my daughter was born. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. It's not, I mean, and these are just the big ones I'm telling you. There were all of the little ones in between. And then the last big one is that of uh, siblings is just me and my brother. And so on that day, on the anniversary of her death, my brother actually got the biggest gift of his life as well. So at the time he was 29, he was a Harvard graduate and a government major. So, you know, it made no sense for him to get into the movie business, but for whatever reason he did. So a few months earlier, he tells me, Jazz, you're never going to believe this. The movie we produced got into Sundance Film Festival. Oh, wow. That's a big deal. (laughs) It's a super big deal. Super big deal. And we were, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Wow. And he goes, get this. Sundance Film Festival is on, begins on the anniversary of mom's death. Wow. And so not only did I have my baby on the day, but his movie got into Sundance Film Festival, which began on that day. And then... His movie won Sundance Film Festival with the highest sale in history. Wow. Needless to say, it was a super, super powerful time for us. And my mom was a highly, highly spiritual person, you know, talking to us about life and death and afterlife. And since we were kids, it was always part of the conversation. And, And I think that the real reason that she lived the way that she did was because there was this awareness of mortality was so, so in the the picture that 
that she was so grateful and she really relished every moment and lived every moment so fully because there was this awareness that it, it nothing was guaranteed. So with that said, you know, once my baby was born, I just kind of had a book pour through me, um, mm-hmm. whether it was coming from her, whether it was coming from me, kind of a combination of everything. But essentially, you know, I realized that not only did I deserve that kind of upbringing and to be loved the way that I was loved, but that all kids deserve that. And my kids deserve that. So I I started really putting together all of the key principles of parenting that I received from my mom. So there's these kind of 10 pillars to return to whenever parenting gets hard. And originally, I was just kind of bottling all of this for myself so that I could come back to it. But then I realized, you know, hey, everybody else could really benefit from this too. How Um, old are your children now, Jasmine? My children are two and four. Two and a half to Two and four. And yep. Okay, so still little bitties. Yep, little ones, little ones. So that's where I am now. I just finished this book. I had a, a family friend who recently, she's, she's fairly wealthy, and she had told me that her father, instead of just leaving her money, he actually left her a fund that was just intended forgiving, like for philanthropy. And I thought, wow, uh-huh. what an amazing gift to give to your child, right? Is this, yeah, this ability to give, she's not allowed to use it for herself. Like she just gets to go and be generous and share. And That's give. awesome. Right? Oh my gosh. And I thought it's such amazing. an amazing thing. I would love that. Right. And so I thought my mom would have loved to do that for me. So I decided that this is what it is. This book, my goal is to sell a million copies of this book and to give away a million dollars of money to mothers and children in need in in her honor so that she could give me that gift as well because I know she would have loved to do that. So tell me a little bit about the process of getting this concept and the love of your mom out published to the masses. I mean, how how do you get from, you know what, my mom loves me, I'm going to write this book, this extraordinary mommy, um, and how do you get from point A to point B? I mean, this can't be just like, well, oof, because everybody would write a book if it was easy, right, right? Right. Okay. Well, there's, there's two very distinct phases. And so I have completed, or I'm almost done with one phase and I'm entering in the second phase. So I'll share with okay. you the, the process that I've done. And then I can share with you the vision that I have for the next phase. Um, okay. But essentially, you know, writing a book is, it's, it's a labor of love, right? It comes from mm-hmm. you. It, you can't just kind of do it on a whim because you think you have to. I mean, I suppose you could, but that's, I, I assume it comes from a different place at that point. But So what I did was that every night I would put my daughter to sleep. My husband would put my son to sleep because she was just born, you know? And so we, I had this kind of mm-hmm. hour. She would go to bed at 7 o'clock and he would go to bed at 8 o'clock. And I had this hour where she, I put her to bed and he was putting him to bed and I had an hour to myself. So I would like make that my hour and I would just chug away at this. It's a matter of outlining, getting clear of what it is that you're trying to say, making it from for yourself, then for other people and changing the language. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, it took two years to actually create this book. And then I had to figure out what do I do with it and how to edit it and how to get people to format it and how to, where to 
publish it and getting it printed and getting it on Amazon and doing the audiobook and doing the ebook. I mean, it's it's been a lot of a lot of work, quite frankly, and now I have to figure out how yeah. to sell it. So that's my next phase. So what does it look like? Did you reach out to other people and say, hey, I have this book. What the heck am I doing? Did you do online research? Did you contact Amazon? All of it. I mean, it's a lot of research, a lot of asking questions, a lot of Google searching and people who've done it before and getting their references. And it's been a big investment, quite frankly. I mean, selling books isn't a particularly lucrative endeavor. So I put a lot of money in and we'll... I'm, I'm trusting that this is all for a bigger purpose, which is to to make homes happier places for everybody. Moms are are the leaders of their homes and their energy is contagious. So my hope is that this ripple effect of, of this home that I grew up in and this parenting that I, I received can help other moms be more present and more conscious of the way that they're parenting their kids. Now, in your practice as a licensed mental health counselor, do you see a lot of moms coming to you with their struggles in this role? Yeah. So, you know, I've been in private practice for a decade and I call myself a a personal life expert. So essentially I do work with professional women, oftentimes mothers around all sorts of personal life challenges, right? So whether it's parenting or relationships or getting in relationships or confidence, anxiety, body image, kind of first world problems, you know? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good old first world problems. Right. I mean, we're all, we're all doing all right in in many realms of life, but it's just a matter of how to take it to the next level in in other realms of life. But what I do is actually I integrate, I, I call it life therapy. So it's in, it's a combination of kind of East meets West. So it's a combination of psychotherapy and life coaching with more Eastern practices and philosophies like mindfulness and meditation. And I see on your website that people can have online Skype sessions with you. So mm-hmm. if they don't live in Miami, Miami. or that's good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I see everyone virtually. So it's via phone or Skype or okay. whatever video conference preference you have. And that helps with you being a mom, too. Exactly. exactly. So you can kind of work around this uh, whole small people in your household. That's really what it, it boils down to for me is this balance of how to be the type of mom that I want to be, how to be the type of professional that I want to be, how to be the type of wife that I want to be, how to be the type of human, friend, daughter, contributor to the world that I want to be. And it, it all takes intention and it all takes clarity and motivation to decide what it is that you want to do and how you're going to do it and and then just start kind of chugging away at it. Perspective, what is the advice you have for the thoughtful entrepreneur who is listening? Well, I think that there, it's twofold. One of the things that I've been becoming more and more clear about is that there's distinctions between being the artist versus the entrepreneur and that inherently I'm the artist, right? I, I enjoy mm-hmm. the writing the book. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy the kind of the creation and the growing and the learning and like that. All that is the real is like the sustenance of the work is the fun part for me. But the overarching bones of a business of what is your marketing strategy? What is your PR strategy? How, how is this going to go? You know, just having the actual systems in place and creating those systems isn't inherently natural to me. So 
I'm really trying to now that I have this book done is put my artist brain on the side and stop getting distracted by all the fun <laughs> things of the new ideas that I have for the next book and the next event and the next blah, blah, blah. But to just really get clear on, no, what is the long-term business strategy? How, how is this, how can I create this machine so that when I do keep coming up with more content and have more ideas and events that I can put that into the structure that I can repeat over and over and over again. So it's understanding that there's kind of these various hats, right? Of your artist mm -hmm. hat, your entrepreneur hat, of your kind of manager hat, of the just kind of doing things, getting things going, knowing which hat that you're wearing when, and having the mental strength, quite frankly, to put down the, the hat that you want to go to. Because I know for myself is I keep getting distracted. Oh, but this, oh, but me. And then you get distracted with all the fun things and then nothing gets done. We creatives have, have a big problem with that. I, I, right? The right ideas are the, yeah. the fun and easy part. It's the, the execution that, that takes a whole different animal. Well, Jasmine, if people want to connect with you online, learn more what you're doing, learn more about the Extraordinary Mommy book, how can they find you? Okay, they can find me on my website, jasminebalance.com. That's J-A-S, M as in Mary, I, N as in Nancy, B like boy, A, L, like Larry, A, N like Nancy, C, E dot com. And then you can find me on all the social media. My name is Jasmine Tarani, J-A-S-M-I-N-T-E-R-R-A-N-Y. So Jasmine Tarani on Instagram, Jasmine Balance on Facebook. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. If you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest and attend my next live webinar where I'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic. Now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media? And in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.